Welcome to the new sound of online radio. Welcome to the sound of Universal Broadcasting Network. Cause you make me feel Animal Magnetism, exploring animal care for creatures great and small, conservation and preservation in today's world. Find out what a single voice can do to make a difference in the lives of animals. Animal Magnetism with Carolyn Hennessy starts right now on UVN Radio. I just love the sound of applause. I'm pretty much, I'm just a sucker. A sucker for hand clapping. I just love it. So thank you, Tony. Thank you for that amazing intro. Welcome once again, listeners, to Animal Magnetism. I guess I should say listeners and viewers because we don't have people viewing this thing. So this is Carolyn Hennessy, your host. I am joined by my fabulous co-host, even though she is distant, far away. She is always in my heart, Miss Andrea Compton. Hello, darling. Hello. How are you this morning? How's Seattle? Well, Seattle. Well, you're close to Seattle. Close to Seattle, the the rural East Lands, the Outlands. Uh, lovely, beautiful. The sun is up. Uh, I was just telling Tony that I had a family member look at a house yesterday at eleven o'clock online, and she flew in last night. So uh, it was crazy. We're gonna go look at houses today. It's gonna be awesome. Okay, we're gonna actually, because you know what? I don't want to muss my hair, so I'm not. I'm not. I'm actually. I'm not actually using headphones. Neither is my guest. So okay. we're gonna turn you up. Oh, there you are. Oh hi. There you are. Hello, yeah. darling. Hello. All right. Um, normally, our, our other co-host, Camille Lacotte, would be calling in, but Camille is off in New York being an actress and being fabulous and doing fun things on a Sunday. And uh, I think she's working on getting uh, getting a couple of guests for us, isn't she? I believe she is. Yeah. I think she's making some great progress with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I think it's what squirrels pick, you know, squirrels and and hedgehogs sure. and and uh, something up there in in in, in, the, in the environs of upstate New York. But we are very very excited. Tremendous show for you today, listeners. We have uh, a Renaissance individual with us who has discovered, probably, probably always had a love for animals, but has really sort of discovered it uh, fairly, fairly later in life. Nicholas Janes, um, welcome to to my welcome to our little show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Yes, isn't it? It's it's just it's 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 intoxicating. It's addicting. Trust me. I feel like waving. Trust me. Too, you, you can wave, wave, wave to the folks. Wave to the people. You and I had lunch the other day, and we we talked about so many many things, and we're going to re- review some of those today for my listeners who were not lucky enough to be at lunch with you. But I'm going to read a little bit about you. Okay. Okay, Nicholas Danes, Aside from being absolutely stunningly handsome is an adventurer and explorer who's had an adrenaline-fueled career at an international level. A former Team GB Great Britain, a former Team Great Britain... Great, great, why, why don't I just have coffee? Why don't I just have coffee in the morning? A former Team Great Britain gymnast with a sporting career that took him to the dizzying heights of the World Championships. He turned his passion and talent for gymnastics into a career as award-winning as an award-winning stuntman, appearing in many top Hollywood movies, such as Harry Potter, In the Heart of the Sea, Mission Impossible 5, Pan, which I just saw and was fabulous, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, etc. United Kingdom and U.S. primetime television and TV commercials. He's got a huge amount of experience and energy to bring a realm of presenting an adventure, action, and sports in the natural world. So tell us, first of all, you started with gymnastics as a wee tot. Yes. I did, yes. I was six years old when I started gymnastics. Um, I just had a natural ability to it. I, um, it was my sister, actually, that got me into it. She used to come home from gymnastics, and because I'm, I was very small, I still am very small, <laughs> but I was really small. <laughs> yes, but, what, but what's there is churse. <laughs> so uh, she used to come home and throw me around on the landing upstairs, and I could just do everything immediately. So she then <laughs> took me along to her gymnastics club, one day, and the coaches saw what I was doing, and they were like, wow, we have to get him straight into the club. <laughs> Your sister, maybe, maybe not, but you, oh, no, we was, want you on She was team. rubbish. <laughs> she, was, she was rubbish. By the way, listeners, this is animal magnetism. 
Just letting you know, stay tuned. We're coming full circle. We're starting with we're starting with gymnastics. Gymnastics then went went into being a stuntman, but before but during that, you yes. also became a microbiologist. Yes, I know. It's a, it's, a, it's a strange journey, but yes, that, at school I always had a passion for biology and I was good at it. So I took it to the next level and I went all the way through university and then I started to go down the research and development route with that. Um, but I just realized that looking down the end of a microscope was not for me. I was, no. Because I was so physical. You wanted to be tumbling. That's right. Did you I take your microscope around. tumbling with you? Absolutely. It's like, and <laughs> put the microphone. It's like the, the men, men don't have a balance beam, but I can just imagine the, uh, the microscope on the balance beam and doing a, like a back bend and looking in the microscope. That's not you. No. <laughs> <laughs> and so now it's... Um, Yes, yeah, so I had a very physical career, and, and um, it's wonderful now that, like, you're talking about coming full circle. It's it's come full circle, and I'm, at, I'm using the microbiology and the wildlife stuff now. Exactly. And I'm out in the field right. being physical. Right. Which is, yeah, so magic. So you've, you've taken both of these passions that you had for, for being active, uh, and because the, the gymnastics grew into a career as a stuntman, uh, which is your, which is right now your bread and butter, and you are doing yes. amazing films, wonderful films. So you know, I, I'm actually, I'm also, I'm also one of the people that's really trying to vie for an Academy Award in the stuntman category, because yes. I think I think y'all deserve it. I think so. It's you know we are one we are the only category that isn't represented. It's true, very true. Um, you know, you you I I'm not to take anything away from any other category, but you know you you look at these amazing films and you you. you People walk away from them, and the action in them is what makes them so that's fantastic. Right. Sometimes, that's right. you know. And and ladies and gentlemen, it's not us actors. It's not <laughs> us, except for Tom Cruise. Apparently, does all of his own, does great. all of his own stunts. Yes, he does is, all of I his own stunts. Yes, and I would be hanging off a building if if they would let me, but they don't. Uh, so you have brought these two passions for the biological world and for action and adventure full circle. Yes, into the into the world of preservation and conservation for animals. Absolutely. I mean, I have always been very passionate about animals. Andrea has a question. She has, she has the first question that she loves to ask anybody. So, Andrea, take it away. Okay, Nicholas, um, what moment, what animal did you have that bonding moment with at what point in your life, at whatever point in your life that sent you down this path of this is what I want to do, this is my passion, I want to be an advocate. I want to be an ambassador for these these for these animals who have no voice. What was that? One, what was your first animal that you had that bonding experience with? Um, I, I always have to say, when I was a child, my favorite animal was the black panther. Oh. Um, that was I. That was just. I don't it think we had a certain magic. I don't think it. we've ever had a black panther before. No, we have not. That was my uh, favorite animal. But um, later on in life, I mean. Now, I mean, getting involved with the orangutans, and I remember the first time I ever saw an orangutan in the wild, it was an incredibly incredibly magical moment. And it had an effect on me, which has inspired me to continue to get involved with with the orangutans and and the great apes. And that was, um, yeah, that's something I'll never forget. I I remember going to the Razaria Resort in Kota Kinabalu in Borneo, and that's where I saw my orangutan for the first time. And we were taping my whole journey doing that. And it was actually quite an emotional experience. You know? Oh, I'm sure. I was on camera and I, I couldn't stop uh, welling up. And it was, I was pathetic. Yeah. No, no, not pathetic. <laughs> no, it's it's interesting. No, well, first of all, as my listeners and Andrea and everybody knows, I cry at the drop of a hat when it comes to animals. At the drop of a hat. And we talk about <clears throat> some of the horrible situations that animals find themselves in today all over the world, in the United States, in Los Angeles. We talk about uh, triumphs that animals are now experiencing at the hands of humans, that humans who, who are working so hard to help and to save. And I'll just, you know, it's like sobbing, sobbing, sobbing. So no, no, no okay. pathos, <laughs> no, no pathetic here, man. No, no, no. Let's talk about, let's talk about the orangutans and the pygmy elephants. Because an explorer and adventurer, Nicholas has traveled to many parts of the world. You recently returned from a tiger safari in the Sundarbans. Yes. 
Did I? Yes. You did. Thank the you. The Sundarbans in southwest Bangladesh, where he explored one of the most dangerous and wildest places on earth. The Sundarbans is the largest mangrove forest in the world, home to diverse flora, fauna, and wildlife, including the elusive Bengal tiger. Now, the Bengal tiger is not your primary passion. Your primary passion, orangutans and pygmy elephants. That's let's, ta- right. let's talk about the, the Bengal tiger and why, why were you there in the Sundarbans? Um, I went because um, it's it's still the largest stronghold of, of tigers. Um, it has the largest population. And um, th- like it says, they are elusive. And um, Well, I, and, good, and for good reason. They don't want to be made into carpets. Absolutely. And again, you know, species are at crisis point around the world and, and their habitat is shrinking. And so they are coming more into contact with humans and they are responsible for about 50 human deaths a year. But Good. You can't oh, <laughs> did, I, did I say that? I'm sure sorry. Animal, I'm not. <laughs> and so I just was, I went on this um, adventure to, to try and see one, but they really are elusive. I mean, it's so Did difficult. you get this on film? Did you get it on? Oh, yes. You, you, re- you recorded everything. Yeah, I'm like Madonna. It's like, there's no point doing anything unless I'm on camera. Unless, <laughs> you, unless you're on camera, which I completely, <laughs> utterly agree with. Absolutely. <laughs> but no, I, yeah, I got it all on camera. And it was a, it was an amazing adventure. And what, it's an incredible part of the world. I mean, a, a, a place where I would never, you know, I guess, thought I would have gone right. to. But once you're there, you just realize what an amazing ecosystem and environment it is with these in these the largest mangrove swamps in the world and the flora and fauna is so diverse and so beautiful and that was that was a, uh, that hit me like a, a ton of bricks because you know you're looking for this one animal but then you're surrounded by this right. most incredible nature right. So uh, yeah, I love. Well, it. you're obviously extremely passionate about everything that you do, but that's not. But this is your most. This is one of your most recent trips. You've been involved with orangutan preservation and pygmy elephant preservation. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about those those true passions that you have. Well, I mean, I, where to start? You know, at, at the I beginning. Could, yeah, <laughs> okay. So um, I'm the ambassador for a charity um, organization called Orangutan Appeal UK, and um, they came to me through my wildlife agency in London and. <laughs> They were looking for a new, I guess, a new fresh face for for wildlife conservation. Um, Because uh, just to put it into a different uh, audience and get people involved. And that's been the best part about this journey is the fact that people want to get involved. And that's the experience I've had. They do. And just in my profession, you know, the stunt people, the the um, response that I've had has been absolutely amazing. You know, normally they're talking about you know cars and oh yeah, I went down the pub and you know what <laughs> latest bit of stunt equipment. That would they be got. that would be bar <laughs> in 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 American speak. Okay, <laughs> but you know I've turned them over to the fact that you know there's a big world out there and the bigger picture, and that's been the most rewarding thing for me. And I'm I'm just thankful that I get the opportunity to sort of reach out take people on this journey that I've been going down to learn as well. And, you know, I don't know anything, and I, obviously I have my background in science and everything, but every, there's just so much to learn. Well, you've had to study a tremendous amount. And when it's interesting, when you go to a place, when you travel outside of your, your comfort zone, your, your, your metier, your sphere, it's amazing what you learn simply just by osmosis. You just sort of take it in. Your your worldview becomes bigger, and when you have those facts and you have that passion and you have those memories, you you can impart them with much greater uh, efficiency. I think to 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 other people, Absolutely. and and you can get people involved. Also, I mean, you know, you being the new face or one of the new faces for Orangutan Appeal UK. I have a feeling that you will get a m- lots of millennials, you know, because you're so presentable, if I may say, oh, th- and uh, and and watchable. <laughs> no, and imminently watchable, and and you're fun, and I think you're going to get. I think you're going to have a tremendous amount of success. I hope so. I I, I do like you say it's, it's fun, and the, the fact that. It's nature as well. This is real stuff. You know, we're in the movie business, and where it's all where <laughs> it's, it's all, all real. Fake. No. <laughs> and, you where know, it's, yes, it's 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 put on. Yeah, and it can be a bit superficial, and, and you get lost in in the not the nonsense, but you know, you're you're doing good things in different ways. But um, this is real, and 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 it's helping for the bigger picture. Well, I don't think it is too theatrical or dramatic, honestly, to say that it is part of an effort to save the planet. 
Because if we save the planet, we save mankind. Then we, if we, we save animals, mankind, and the planet. Pretty much in that order. Absolutely. And that, I have to say, with the orangutans, they are the perfect ambassador species for that. Okay, so let's talk about what's going on in Borneo. Okay, well, obviously um, in Borneo, there is massive deforestation due to palm oil plantations and um, just chopping down of our virgin rainforest. Um, they're logging land at a rate of knots, and that is taking away the habitat of the orangutans. And as I say, that's why they're the perfect ambassador for conservation of our planet. Right. Because, you know, that is their preferred habitat. Right. And we need the rainforest. Right. They are the lungs of the world. We they need are the rainmakers. Absolutely. They are the climate control. Absolutely. No question. So, um, and they're also very solitary, wide-ranging creatures. And they feed on thousands of species of different plants. Again, taking us through the rainforest, which we need, again, for the bigger picture that will save ourselves. So if we save the orangutan, we save everything else, just as you say. And and that's why I think the orangutan for me is so special because it is the perfect ambassador to save our planet. I was at the Beastly Ball last night at the Los Angeles Zoo, which everyone should go to at least once because it is not only food it is, and lots of it um, mm-hmm. and wonderful, wonderful items to, to, to bid on. Uh, all of the money goes to the Los Angeles Zoo, but I happen to... I happened to stop at the orangutan enclosure, which is massive, massive. And there was Bruno and Dolly, and they were both being fed a wide variety of treats. And I looked into their faces, and they're so incredibly soulful. They're, they look at you. They can size you up in a, in a heartbeat, uh, just like I, I believe elephants can. And look at, what, looking at Dolly, looking at me, it was you want you. I, you feel the whether 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 the connection is actually there or not. I felt it, and I and I because I wanted to, and I believe it was real. But I think it, it is. It's, but you can just these are tr- these are just they're just like big orange furred souls, but th- but they're just are, climbing around. That's th- all they are. I think the connection is it, it is real because that's I, I think that's why it's so moving as well because. They are so human. They we, truly we are. We share ninety six point four percent of our DNA with these. Isn't creatures. that interesting? Um, you know, they're our closest living cousin, and that I think is what makes them so unique. And it is. It's almost like these little, like a fuzzy orange glow around, which is like an uh, an aura. Of, right. Of right. Looking in right. the mirror. Right. It's true. I think that 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 fact is worth repeating. What of our D- how much how much of our DNA do we share with the orangutan? Ninety six point four percent. Ninety six point four percent, three point six percent separates us from being mm. an orangutan. Yes. Mm. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry, uh, you know, you, you creationists out there, it's true. I mean, you can say that God did it. That's fine, but it's true. Three point six percent DNA separates us from them, and we are slaughtering them. There was a wonderful exhibit at the Beastly Ball last night, all about palm oil at the orangutan enclosure. And I am going to get a list. uh, The Cheyenne Mountain Mountain Zoo, I believe it's called. Cheyenne Mountain Zoo. Uh, I'm going to... I'm gonna, Tony. Tony, will you will you look that up for me? Cheyenne Mountain Zoo. If you go onto their website, they have an entire list of palm oil in its many and varied forms. And so, if you don't see palm oil on the label of something that you're buying, it could be in a number of different forms. But I was going to boycott Hershey's uh, or, or the, uh, the that no, not Hershey's. M M&M and Mars, who makes Snickers, because Snickers Snickers has palm oil in it. And I've actually written a letter to them. <laughs> Fortunately, I did not send it because I found out that M&M Mars uses sustainable palm oil. Well, this is, that's right? another thing. And we'll, so we'll I can actually about. have a Snickers. I can have a Snickers <laughs> bar. We, you can all have Snickers because they use sustainable palm oil. Probably not from Borneo. I believe it's from South America. There are palm oil plantations in South America. But slaughtering these animals to get this palm oil, which is in everything, palm olive, don't use it. Don't use it. Anything with palm oil in it. And we're going to put up that list of, of, of the AKAs of palm oil on the website. Uh, use it, look at it, listeners, and don't use anything. It's going to be tough. But the more we do not use anything with palm oil and or its, its cousins in it, the more we will send the message that we're, we're going different ways and you don't, you don't really need to cut down these rainforests because we're not using your product. That's right. And, and I think it's all about education. 
it's in everything. It's everything. just incredible mm-hmm. when you when you see that list um, for your viewers. When when you see it, you'll just say, "Wow." And you, like you say, it narrows it down as to why it really does. It really that. does, and most people won't care. Most people truly won't care, and that is that is a shame. And they will say, "Ah, oh, you know what? Oh, I, it, oh, it's well, it's already on the shelf. I might as well buy it." Don't let it sit. But Go. also, um, like you say, sustainable plant oil. Everything is, and we can work. It's it's a, it's a question of working with the government, working with the local farmers, using already logged land to replant these plants palm oil plantations that's what the key is and it, it is sustainable a lot of nature that is at crisis point i mean we can sustain it it's we true. just have to work together yeah. and not poach and uh, you know rape and pillage our it's rainforests true. i so think a lot of a lot of business owners palm oil plantationers let's say it's just much easier to log just much easier to log as opposed to going back and replanting already mm-hmm. farm which but and by the way it's not because the land has already been cleared. You can simply replant that land. There are fires happening now, though. You were talking about... about yes, there's great. There's a part of the world that's on fire. Well, I mean, the, the Borneo, in Indonesia and, and Borneo, um, they, they're having these fires because the lowland peat swamps is where the preferred habitat of the orangutans. But due to global warming, again, it's the bigger picture and the fact that everything has a consequence and what we're doing to our rainforest is drying up the world and we're having all these climate issues. Uh, The peat swamps are becoming much drier and the fires that are caused um, a lot through slash and burn technique to clear the land for palm oil plantations is is just ravaging more rainforest and uh, it has a way of almost going on. It does go underground, these fires. The fires go underground. They can appear... You know, meters, hundreds and hundreds of feet away, and then you know you're attacking another part of the rainforest, and this is the habitat, and not only for the orangutan. Do but they the just let the leopard? There's uh, so oh, many. So, oh, because there's it's there are many many species in those in those rainforests. Do they just let them burn, or do they, is there any attempt to put them out? Or well, uh, the the great thing about the organization I work for is that they actually. Um, we fund the firefighters for to put out these fires, um, which is fantastic. And we have people on the ground, uh, Mark Harrison, who works for the um, UTROP organization over there. What is UTROP? It's the uh, Orangutan um, Peatland Project, which he's doing a fantastic job. And he is really um, monitoring what the after effects are from the smoke inhalation right. for all the creatures and even the the native human population. I mean, again, it's just reiterating the fact everything that affects everything. We will be the only ones that suffer. It's true. Yeah, absolutely true. When everything, yes, ab- when when everything is gone, yeah. we're going to be left yeah. with you know nine billion people in twenty fifty exactly. suffering. Yeah. It's going to be soylent green. I have a feeling. So tell me about all the other things that your organization your your, the uh, Orangutan UK, Orangutan uh, Peel UK. We're involved in, well, um, I think one of the most groundbreaking things that um, we are responsible for is the post-release monitoring project, which actually monitors released orangutans that have been re- rehabilitated and re- released into the wild. And the most fantastic thing is that they, have, they follow them from nest to nest, and they f- monitor them every five minutes, making detailed notes so they'll track them from early in the morning they'll they'll find the orangutan's nest before they get up they'll monitor them every five minutes throughout the day until those orangutans go to bed at night and build their nest so there's a nest a, this massive they build data. a nest isn't that <laughs> wonderful there's a there's wonderful video of you do you have it on on your on your website of you being bopped on the head by an orangutan actually yes, going yes. into their, <laughs> that that's into, their the orangutan. into their into their into their habitat i do and do you know what there's um i think that's a bit of a of um a poetic message in there. So get, out <laughs> get out of my, of get out my of my space. Yeah. It's true. You do not belong here, it's and true. that's true. I, Even I though you're trying to do so much good for my species, <laughs> get out. Exactly. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Your other passion: the pygmy elephant, the most endangered species in the world, and you have wonderful video on that. Do you have that online? Do you have it where, where people can go and see it? Um, I have yet to put it up, okay. but um, I've just been again that they are the most incredible. Creatures. Let's talk about how you first came to love the pygmy elephant. Well, the first time I ever saw one was at the Sepalok Rehabilitation Center in Borneo. And they, now, 
They Why had, were you there? Well, I was there to do a campaign for Rangatanga Appeal UK, okay. which is basically to show my journey through the charity, where the money goes, the projects they deliver. Because a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of charities, people are very skeptical as to where the money goes to. Well, if you look at the Humane <laughs> Society of the United States, 2%. Only 2% of the, what, 188, roughly, roughly, don't know, uh, but roughly, $188 million goes to, goes nationally, goes to the Humane Societies nationally. Where does that other 98% go? We can only speculate, individuals. We can only speculate. But it's organizations like that, when people find out about it, they don't want to give, nor should they, to the HSUS, American Humane Association. That's where you should be. Right. But people are... Oh, of course they're, 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 they're skeptical because you hear horror stories like that. Yes, it's very true. I mean, a lot of the big organizations have been uh, guilty of that in the past. And, and, you know, with the watchdog organizations that are, are out true. there now, you know, it's difficult to get away with. But um, this is the great thing about uh, the organization I work for, um, 80 pence so in every, I'm sorry, I'm talking in pence and pounds. I'm <laughs> <laughs> English. He's talking London talk. <laughs> but, so, um, yeah. Let's just say 80 cents of every dollar, goes eight, eight pence in, of every pound. And it goes back to the orangutans. And that was what the, the campaign was, just to show, you know, the, the enclosures that needed to be bought, the, the equipment that was necessary for rescuing and translocating these orangutans. And that was a really fantastic thing. So that was the first time I was there and I saw a pygmy elephant for the first you time. You just happened to, you were, you, were, you, were, you were focused on the orangutans and out of the corner of your eye, this tiny little elephant walks by. Well, What's back, that? Then they only had two um but i'll i'll get on to this um a little later but you know they've this there's been an alarming trend and again it's all due to habitat loss and the <sighs> fact that these rainforests are being destroyed and fragmented or from human uh, doing so i saw they had two and then and, and it, they were magical i mean it was like Walt Disney couldn't have created a cuter elephant. It, it, it was just like a caricature, but better. You know, they have these baby faces, these oversized ears and these plump bellies and long tails that, that brush on the ground. And it was just, uh, yeah, magic. I mean, I forget all like uh, tearful just thinking. Yeah, about that's fine. Like, that's welcome. Welcome to the crying show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they are, they're incredible. And um, so I saw them for the first time and then, as uh, the story progresses, like I said, there's been this alarming trend of, uh, of these orphaned elephants because of their habitat loss and the human-elephant conflict because they, their habitat's becoming fragmented. They don't know where to go, so they're encroaching on farmer's land. And elephants what, are, what used to be wild is right. now some, someone's, someone's garden, and God bless them, they have to make a living, but the elephants have nowhere to go. That's right, so they're forced to find food in these areas and... Um, they're they're huge, you know. They they cause destruction. You know, they're big and they're and they're, they're pygmy elephants, but they're big. <laughs> they're big, yes. I mean, they're smaller. There are subspecies of the Asian elephant, but mm -hmm. they they are smaller and they they're a lot more gentler and friendly as well. So just, that's what makes them so special as well. But um, they they encroach on the farmland, and if they're growing crops like palm oil, um, a, an elephant can eat up to three hundred pounds of vegetation every single day. And with crops that may become viable within only two years and the elephants have eaten that, you know, they're seen as pests. Right. So they're poisoning them and or shooting the mothers and leaving the little babies. And, um, yeah, so this is, this is an alarming I, It's trend. interesting. I wonder why they do leave the babies. Why don't they just shoot? I, I mean... Well, I think, you know, they don't, probably don't see them as a... A threat, unlike the, the adults. Yet, yet, or, and they probably think that they can't fend for themselves. So let's just leave them to die a slow starvation. Death. Or they're shooting, um, pelleting these animals, and and then the the herd run off, right, and leave the little ones. You know, so right. that's that's been um, a very, yeah, an alarming trend. You know, in 2013 they had two there, and then in 2014 there were another three, and in 2015 there was a record eight. Pygmy wow. baby elephants found just wandering al along the the forest, Jeez. along the edge of forest and farmlands. So. And and this and this uh, this preserve takes these elephants in. You actually have some wonderful video which you've got to get up. I know, because uh, I, I I, I've seen it, and it's the cutest damn 
things it's, you've it's ever incredible. seen. Yeah, it, it's uh, wonderful. My gosh, it, it could be it could be a television show. I hope so. Yes, <laughs> yes, indeed, yes, indeed. Like, and and what are plans for that? Because you've got such incredible footage. You, of course, being a stuntman, you can get up into the trees. You can be knocked over by a baby elephant and know exactly how to roll and land. And so you can you can kind of get. In in amongst them and be safe and know how to protect yourself. Yes. That's so let's talk about possible television series. What's what's happening with that? I well, I'm I'm currently developing that idea. And when I was in Borneo this time, I shot um, almost a, a sizzle reel, but a, a documentary type thing with the potential of um, following these animals in their daily lives. And like you say, you know, I'm a stuntman. I'm not I'm not afraid of getting hit and knocked over by elephants, which is actually in the footage. Yes, they, I, I know. I mean, they like, to, <laughs> they like to play rough. And they are just... And, and, and there's just so much... I, again, I, I feel like it's an educational um, vehicle and people want to get involved. And I, 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 the amount of people that have told me, I didn't even know they had pygmy elephants. Right. Well... That's because there's only 1,500 <laughs> left of them in, in, the world. in the world. And if, if we don't act now, there won't be a pygmy elephant for you to know about. You know, just like the extinct uh, rhinoceros of Sabah as well, which has just, you know, disappeared recently. So That would be the West African black, right? Yeah. It's so important that we embrace this and, and, and get it on a visual format and have... Uh, and the, the the passion is there, and then people realize what's going on. That's, we're that's we're a visual thing. species. If you show us something, then you, then then our heartstrings are tugged. It's in, in terms of people actually wanting to go out and do the research and find the websites and watch, because you in this in this hoped for series, which I, I'm going to do everything I can to help you know help come to fruition. Um, there's going to be <laughs> <laughs> what little I can do. There's going to we're going to see some wonderful and adorable things, but we're also going to see some pretty pretty horrific things. But it's those bells that cannot be unrung. When you know what you know, you can't unknow something. And so we want the world to know what's going on in Borneo. What's going on? Suma- I mean, Suma- well, everywhere. I was going to say Sumatra and well, yeah, Kenya. The, uh, the orangutans in Sumatra. I mean, they're even um, more in danger. You know, there's even less in Sumatra, but. Again, it's just a bigger picture and what we're doing to our world and the, the rainforests, which are basically what sustain life on this planet. So it's it's just a question of everybody. Everyone can do their bit. They, and, can, and they, they truly can, even if it's just donating a quarter to, I mean, literally a quarter or a threepence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that old. Tuppence <laughs> and threepence. Um, you know, a, t- a, a quarter, a dollar, a pound, you know, a yen, a shilling, whatever it is, to an organization that you've researched and that you know will spend that money actually going toward the animals and not into a Cayman Island slush fund. Seriously. you can, Everyone can do it. Uh, you can rescue a dog as opposed to going to a breeder and getting, oh, you know, a corgi or a God bless the queen or a, or a you know, whatever, you know, a pedigreed dog. <laughs> you can do your bit. Let's talk about what the governments are doing to, with the plant, palm oil plantation owners. Are the governments getting involved at all? Are the, are the governments stopping the encroaching in the, in the, uh, you know, into the orangutan habitat? Um, the, the organizations like my one are, are, are working with the governments and the governments are taking this on board. Are and, they? Uh, yes, they are. And, and, People are the the power of people is huge, and that's also another sort of message to get across. Like you say, when when people start realizing what's going on, and they start boy, boycotting various um, foods that have palm oil in, or, or just knowing that they're from a sustainable source, which is the the key, um, then then we can really make things happen. And and it's the, when we want to now. The I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say here. Here's the thing, folks. As much as I love and Andrea, you will you will agree with this. I think as much as we love modern zoos and aquariums, we see them as the last bastion. We see them as the ark. We want animals in the wild. Of course, that's the goal, right, Andrea? Oh, it is. But the reality is, humans have effed up the wild. (laughs) Fucked up. And Andrea won't say it. I will. Humans have fucked up. (laughs) Yes. So it's our responsibilities as humans, as soulful beings, to be responsible. For those who we have destroyed their lands. 
Absolutely. So, so let's talk about governments and and again. So they are they are working um, with local farmers. You know, they are endorsing sustainable palm oil plantations, re, or using already logged land. So there are um, steps that are steps being steps that are being taken, but they're too it small. It will be very. It is a slow process. I mean, you know, they just. It was like it literally spread like wildfire um, once you realized, you know, just what a massive commodity palm oil was. I mean, you should see the tankers coming in and going, the amount of oil that they that is produced. I mean, you see what a massive um, boost it is to such an economy as, as Borneo and, and India. But they can, but in, they in, can in replant. If they can replant in South America, there are there are palm oil, there are sustainable palm oil plantations in South America. They they can replant. In Borneo, they they can and they are, and you also um, this it was the number one export for um, that part of the world. It's now fallen to number three. So that's what I was. Uh, my point was again the power of the people and information and education. So things are happening, and I, I I'm a, f- um, a firm believer. You know, we can all work together. It's like it's like the turtles in the in the sea. You know, uh, in in Ghana they have turned to poaching turtles and eating turtle meat only because we've raped and pillaged the oceans that the local indigenous population are not able to find another source of protein because they can't use the fish because there aren't any fish anymore. So again, it's all sustainable. These turtles don't need to be uh, taken, you know, leatherback turtles there to the brink of extinction. We can make things sustainable. We just all have to work together. It's just literally talking, communication, and, and stopping and the greed. Greed, I mean, that's the word that was coming out of my mouth. Because it's all driven by money. That's it's the true. only thing. I mean, it's, it's true. It's just cash. And that's Nobody, the, the people who are, I mean, the uber greedy, you know, those who simply refuse, those palm oil plantation owners, those businessmen who simply refuse to listen to the government and, and replant that land. They are the they are the sm- they have the smallest picture in their heads, and it's uh, it's it's absolutely about themselves and perhaps their family. But they do not think globally. They do not think on a on a on a on a, on a massive scale about what they are doing to the planet because they just don't care. And that's those those are the minds. Those are the hearts and minds that until really have to do, until it ends up and on their doorstep. And well, it'll end up on their ancestors' doorstep. And some of them say, you know what? I'll be I'm gone. I'm gone. I don't care. But it will, and I hope it does. Last night, uh, again at the Beastly Ball, they had a palm oil, you know, I wish plantation. I was at the Ball. Uh, well, I'll <laughs> I'll take you next year. You'll be oh. my date. You'll be one of my dates. I'm my my dear fr- my dear friend Dan Maley, he has to be my date. But don't worry, we'll get you in. Um, uh, they had they had just had a, had a little display of papers, but it was right next to this fabulous because the Beastly Ball has ven- food vendors, restaurants. Uh, and then you and then you can wander in and amongst the animals, but it was right next to an organic cacao uh, chocolate stand. Nobody was paying attention to the palm oil, but it's like you don't want to put it next to the next to the chocolate because no one will care. Everyone's going for the chocolate. But I wish that they had had a, a handout. But again, at the BC Ball, maybe there were maybe a thousand people, and a thousand people with a handout. You know, that's something for next year, LA Zoo. A handout with regard to palm oil sustainability uh they, that that could have been a wonderful takeaway yeah. and don't put it next to the chocolate stand just <laughs> unless don't. the chocolate doesn't contain it does it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't it was it was the best chocolate i've ever had it was called h n i n a pronounced nina h n i n a and yes i'm stumping for you you bet i am because a i want chocolate <laughs> but it was Inc- it, it was it was in, it was incredible, and I think we've got some pictures of it up. Oh. Just um, just buy buy this, great. but again, no palm oil. But the point being that uh, that the Los Angeles Zoo has a tremendous opportunity every year to educate people about palm oil, and and sustainability. And I, you know, the, uh, 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 this is on top of the already amazing work that they do. So, Andrea, any. Any thoughts, any questions for our fabulous guests before we before we wrap this up? Before we wrap this up, um, can we just uh, put out the orangutan-appeal.org.uk site? I was looking at it. I can adopt little peanut. Yes, you can. And that, I can. You can adopt peanut. There's a number of orangutans um, 
a little baby orangutans at the rehabilitation center that you can adopt and it's it has a fantastic scheme because the you get a a brochure of your adopted orangutan you get photos and you get ke- you're kept updated as to their um progress which because it's real i yeah. had a friend who lives in new york and he was like so skeptical of the fact yeah he's adopted this orangutan but really it doesn't exist so when i was there i did with the filming, I was able to say, well, this is Eric's How, <laughs> This is Eric's orangutan. Yeah. How much does it cost to adopt an orangutan? Well, it's uh, 36 pounds for the year. So that's about 50, $58. $58 to adopt an orangutan. Yeah. That's great. And, I mean, you know, Andrea and I will both write checks today. That's mm-hmm. that's wonderful. Yes, yeah. you can you go on the website and you can, you can donate. And, you know, really uh, working for this organization, I, I have to say, um, the... It really is a, an amazing charity. Every, like I say, eighty pence and every pound goes back to the orangutans. And and having seen that myself, I can wholeheartedly en- endorse it. But there was one other thing that we were talking about. Just the quickly. pygmy elephants in the mill. Well, also <laughs> just the next generation that like we were talking at lunch. You know, that is the key: the next yeah. generation and um, educating the next generation. And I know that I've got an idea for for Carolyn and I to do something. Yes, together. yes, so, you do. And we and we talked and about I'm, that. Yes, I'm really keen to pursue that. So I've been talking to people about that, and Good. I think that you know would be great. Good. And uh, it's it is about the next generation. And and well, I think that most people my age. And by the way, my birthday was Friday, last Friday. Oh, what? Stop! (laughs) Stop! Oh! (laughs) Um, But most people my age are are somewhat of a lost cause, unless they unless you can flip that light switch, and it's very very difficult. It's the next generation that this that this show is actually geared to. I want every I want I want the millennials to be watching this. I want the twenty somethings and the thirty somethings to be watching this. Not that I'm much past 30-something, but I really want them to be watching this because they're the ones who are going to have the greatest effect. Absolutely. I mean, my niece, she is, she loves wildlife. Um, she's becoming aware, I think, especially through the things I've been doing. And that message is all too clear. You know, they really do care, and they are the ones that are going to pay the price for what we've done. And they are going to be huge in that. I mean, the amount of people becoming vegetarians, vegan, just aware of everything that's going on. And it's not our age group, like you say. It's the young kids it's today, the kids. and they want to make a change. I know they do. They want to do. make a difference, and I think that's really where we um, we need to start now. I want, I want my nephews not to see their, their you know, my nephews, my nephews' children. If they can only see an elephant stuffed in a museum you know, taxidermied in a museum, then then this world is doomed. But I want yeah, I want them, I'm going to take them to the L.A. Zoo, but I want them to, and, and their descendants, to be able to see them in the wild. That's, that's the goal. Let's talk about, just before we go, milk for the pygmy elephants. Oh, yes, very, thank you for <laughs> reminding because, because me. That, because that's a, that's a tremendous cost, and that's, some, that's, that's another place where your dollars will go. Absolutely. Um, the Sabah Wildlife Department... Um, in Borneo at the Sepalot Rehabilitation Center, they've had, an inc- because of the increasing numbers of orphans, now in the wild, and a baby elephant would normally suckle with its mother for up to five years. So you can imagine the amount of milk that is needed. And um, these, even though they're pygmy elephants, they, they use a ton of milk every single month. And that equates to 1,000 pounds or $1,500 per month Per elephant, so it's fifteen hundred dollars per month for, per per elephant. So that's another place where your your yes, shekels so can go. On, on the Orangutan Appeal uh, UK website, there is um, a place where you can donate for for the elephant milk, um, and if not, all the money will be put into right. you know it'll right. be allocated for that. We're going to put all of your links to your sites, your various sites, up on our website. But Tony, I think that we should put. Uh, Orangutan Appeal UK under my favorite favorite charities. I think we should maybe maybe just put it at the top for the for the time being, okay? And we'll have everybody donate to keep those pygmy elephants, uh, you know, with lactose. <laughs> with, with, which, which we so we'll get them there. We'll get them their lactose. Yes, I, I I have to get this footage out there because it is you really just do. But again, we're we're working on something. So yes. so uh, and you've been talking to people. Yes, I'm talking to oh, people. Oh, and, and they're interested. Uh, they Woo-hoo! are interested. Who couldn't be interested? I mean, I, I, when you see that footage, like like I say in, in the little 
documentary piece that I do is like, how can we let this elephant become near extinction when it's the cutest thing you've ever seen and it's it's there it's it's a right. crisis point and right. just as so many as so many animals are but i love your passion for this particular species for these particular species the orangutans and the and the, and the pygmy elephants have you been to the los angeles zoo i have once yes well i think we i think a field trip is in order i would love to come i think to a field zoo. trip <laughs> is in order we'll get my nephews Andrew, will you fly down? Just say yes, whether you mean it I'll or not. Say absolutely. Yeah. You just I, give I, me a I, date. I think it's, it's wonderful. Zoos are, like you say, the last bastion of they're the, they're the conservation. Yeah. But, but also, you know, um, it's been in my journey through this, this whole process. Um, as I mentioned earlier, there's this five-star resort that they have in Kota Kinabalu. In Kota Kinabalu. You, you can say name, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Kota Kinabalu, and that's where... <laughs> That's in Borneo. In Borneo. Kota Kinabalu in Borneo, listeners. Pack but your bags. They, they, used, they used to have orangutans there. They don't anymore. And it was part of, um, it was associated with Sepalog. And they, everyone was up in arms saying, you know, it was just a gimmick, basically, to have orangutans there. And, it, you know, it was, yeah, just to get tourists in and, reven- and build revenues rather than it was about the orangutans. However, uh, like like with zoos, you know, if you don't get to experience these animals and see what they're like and, and you know, really come up close and personal with them, that's the best education you can have. And even though I, I, I that was the first place I saw it. And, you know, look at me now. I'm a huge advocate for, you know, all this conservation stuff. And that, I think, is amazing what, what zoos are doing too. One of the mantras of this show is we don't care about what we don't know about. We care about what we know about. It's as simple as that. And the first, the first line of bonding is visual. It's visual. If you see it up close, if you go to the zoo and you see that orangutan, you see that elephant, and I tear up. You want to care about it. You must care about it because you can't unknow it. You can't. You can't unsee it. Yeah, and that's true. and 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 the and the sound, the sight, the, the smell. You're gonna set me just, up. It's, well, it's, well, it's, <laughs> well, it's well, it's well, it's true. I cry and everybody cries. Um, that's why go to your local zoo. Go to your local shelter. Experience it up close, because so many people can't get to Africa. They can't get to Borneo. But you can write a check. I know you can. Even if it's just a dollar, folks. Every dollar helps. It's as simple as that. But go to your local zoo. Make the effort. Travel. Take your kids. Take your nieces. Take your nephews. And experience everything up close. It's, um, it's, and it will change your DNA. You will become the better person for it. Trust me on this. Whether you don't experience whether you don't feel it right away, your karma points go way up. And your soul expands. It's as simple as that, and you're going to take that with you. So that, that's a really good point, actually. I mean, when I was doing the filming with the orangutans, it's like, you know, our, our motto for the appeal is their lives in your hands. And I, I take that a little bit further. It's like the hands are really incredibly important for that because there I am. I'm holding this incredibly precious creature, mm-hmm. and um, it's like you know, through the the viewers and people watching and getting involved, my hands become your hands you know the the viewers and then that me becomes them they're actually whether they're there or not of course they're there helping doing that very thing holding that orangutan and and caring for it and seeing it through and andrea we need to plan a field trip (laughs) we need to plan a field trip we are going to have all of your links to everything that you're doing up on our site listeners please check it out and uh and with any luck nicholas and i will be doing a television show that's all I'm going to, I'm going to say about that. Plan, plans are in the works. Andrea, any last thoughts? Thank you, Nicholas, for what you've done. Thank you for giving not only the orangutans, but these Borneo pygmy elephants a voice, a, a very a very loud voice. And in what you're doing is good. Thank and you. It is right. <laughs> it's, it's, well, it's good. Yeah, because we deal, with, we deal with a lot of right and wrong on this show. I mean, we deal with a lot of black and white. Um, and I was so fortunate the other day at lunch with, with a group of wonderful girls. I will just tell this story. Um, I sat down, and, and this, 
this woman was saying, I can't, I can't really stay long at lunch. I have to go into the PETA offices and talk to them about the elephants. And I said, I, I, I just kind of sat upright in my, there was a little flicker in my eyes. And I said, you're going into the PETA office? I said, do you, do you support PETA? She said, oh, yes. And I said, uh-huh, uh-huh. I said, do you, um, do you know this? And I started just, I said, I'm just going to give you just a couple of facts. And her eyes went big as saucers. And she started sobbing. And she said, I feel so duped, so stupid. And I said, don't you dare. Don't you dare because you didn't know. Now, if you continue to support PETA, if you, continu- if you continue to support a radical organization, I said, then, then yes, but shame on you. I said, but also don't just take my word for it. Go, people, and research. Research. Get the facts. It's all there. It's all online. But if you change one person at a time, and you are doing that, and you've done that today, hopefully with my with my listeners, I changing so. one person at a time. If we want to change, we want to change masses. But if we can just do it one at a time, everyone can do their bit. Everyone. And, uh, I used to think, you know, you had to be some kind of superstar to, you know, get people to listen, and you had to be have a big enough profile that everyone was like, oh yes, now we're, now we'll pay attention. Right. But. Um, in my experience, that's just that's just not the case. You can, we can all do our bit, and 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 the things that I've been doing, I, I've only ever dreamed about doing. But it's 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 possible that everyone can do them, and that's that's a huge right. message we have to get yeah. out. There. Well, we will, we will. You and I working together, everyone working together, hands hands. Every each hand washes the other. Each hand helps the other. Listeners, I like, I like that. <laughs> thank you for being with us on this journey with Nicholas Danes. Thank you, Nicholas, for being here. Will you come back? Oh. Anytime. 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 Yes, well, we'll have you back anytime. Always remember, listeners, <clears throat> thank you for being here, A, number one. Thank you, Andrea, for, for, for chiming in, for doing the wonderful job that you do, being yeah. co-host and producer. Thank you. Thank you to Tony, the handsomest man in radio, indeed, for, uh, for making this show sure that, sure that sh- this show runs so well. Again, I can't talk. And uh, listeners, thank you for being with me on this episode of Ma- Animal Magnetism. Always remember, in everything you do, Attempt to to cultivate the preservationist heart. It will serve you well, and it will serve the planet well. So we'll see you again in two weeks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Something tells me it's all happening at the zoo. I do believe it. I do believe it's true. Giraffes are insincere And the elephants are kindly But they're dumb Orangutans are skeptical Of changes in their cages And the zookeeper is very fond of rum Zebras are reactionaries And antelopes are missionaries Pigeons, is